This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Hypnodojo, a place of learning for practitioners and students of hypnotherapy. Get your black belts in all things hypnotherapy as we whip into shape your mindset, mastery, and marketing. Relax, enjoy, learn. Here's your sensei, Linda Campbell. Hi, welcome to the Hypno Dojo. This is Linda Campbell, and as the intro said, at the Hypno Dojo, I feel that there are three essential parts to your practice that all have to be in place in order for you to be successful in business. Mindset, mastery, and marketing. And I'm going to be addressing different aspects of these in different shows. So mindset, having the confidence, thinking like a business person, being free of all of your own limiting beliefs, so being able to ask for money for what you do, for example. We know as hypnotherapists how much what's going on in our psyche affects our behaviors and what we do. So we have to have the mindset of a business person. We have to have a mindset that is conducive to having a successful practice. Mastery, of course, just means being good at your craft, being good at hypnosis. You can have a great mindset and be open to abundance, but if you suck at doing hypnotherapy, you're not going to get that far. And, of course, your marketing, knowing how to get the word out about what it is you do. And, again, you can be great at hypnosis, But if nobody can find you, if they don't know you exist, if you're not very good at marketing yourself, then nobody's going to end up coming to your practice. So all of these things are tied in together, and they're all essential components of having a successful business. So today, I'm going to talk about an aspect of mindset, thinking like a business person. Now, if you've taken your hypnotherapy training or you're currently a student, you probably took training in order to be able to help clients, right? Never thought that you'd also have to be a bookkeeper, a marketer, a researcher, a copywriter, but all of those things are part of getting word out about what it is you do. Now, yes, you could hire other people to do it for you, but there's a problem with that. What gets missed here is your unique voice, your personality, your uh, essence of who you are. A client wants a relationship with you. So when somebody comes to see me for a consultation, they're checking out how they feel about me. Yes, they want to know if the hypnosis is going to help them. They need to know that, you know, hypnosis is an effective strategy for whatever they're coming to work on. But they also want to make sure that I'm somebody who can help them, that I'm somebody that they can trust or feel comfortable with. And so if somebody else is doing your copywriting, somebody else is you know, doing any of your marketing for you, then who you are, your personality may get lost in their material. Also, you know, it would take me longer to try to explain to a copywriter about hypnosis so they could write a good article for me than it would be for me to just do it myself. And again, the reader needs to hear you. 
So who you are needs to be communicated in your marketing efforts. That means doing your own marketing. That means being a business person as well as a hypnotherapist. Another thing about hiring other people to do it for you is then you're dependent on them and upon paying them in order to get anything done. So I knew somebody who had a website that another person had made for him, and even if he wanted to make a very slight adjustment like changing his fees or you know, adding an event to his calendar, he would have to copy or contact his webmaster, you know, play a little bit of email tag, and pay a fee even to get some small change made. And this is frustrating, obviously, when you're trying to run a business and completely unnecessary. We shouldn't be dependent on a bunch of other people in order to have our practices be successful. So we need to take responsibility and learn the things we need to learn to run the business end of our practice. Now, in the beginning, when I started my practice, I decided I wanted to work a six-hour day, but I didn't have any clients. (laughs) So what am I going to do with that six hours? Well, it became my business at that time to learn everything I could learn about how to get clients. So I read books on marketing. I read books on sales. I, you know, Googled and looked for ideas. I made marketing materials. So I spent the six hours that eventually I would be spending seeing clients on figuring out how to get clients. And so, again, we really have to adopt the attitude that this is a business and we need to learn how to do the business end of things. And, again, that's not necessarily what some people signed up to do when they decided to do hypnosis. I once sat at a conference next to somebody who was feeling really hopeless about her practice. She had quit her 9-to-5 job and decided that she was going to give her practice 30 days to be established. So to get things moving, she began giving away free sessions to everybody she knew. She figured that they would refer other people to her and that things would begin to take off. But within a relatively short period of time, she ran out of people to treat for free. Nobody ended up referring to her. And so her practice wasn't successful within the 30 days that she had given herself. So she gave up her office space, gave up on her practice, and took another 9-to-5 job. Now, to me, this is just tragic. You know, Here's somebody whose heart was in the right place, really wanted to help other people, had put all the time and money and effort and practice into learning how to do hypnosis, but because she wasn't thinking like a business person and didn't know what to do, hadn't learned those skills, she ended up just giving up on the whole thing and going back to a job that she didn't love. So this field tends to draw people who are intuitive and empathetic and creative, all of that wonderful right brain stuff, but they don't necessarily know anything about running a business, marketing, any of the other practical essential stuff that helps you build a successful practice helping people with hypnotherapy. So like it or not, if you want to be a successful hypnotherapist, you also have to be a business person. You have to be an entrepreneur. You probably don't want to be an entrepreneur, but you are one regardless. So a portion of your time must be invested in getting clients, finding paying clients becomes your business until such time you have clients and then your business is treating them. I see a lot of people relying on magical thinking. How many of us hope that we're just going to do really good work on a few people, like the person I mentioned earlier, and they're just going to tell everybody that they know and our practice is going to fill up and we won't even have to do anything to get those clients? It's a nice idea, right? But the problem is that we can't necessarily rely on other people to send people to us. 
I was sitting in a workshop recently where a participant announced that she wanted all of her business to come from referrals, and this just doesn't happen, especially in the beginning. And I call this hope marketing. You're just hoping business will come your way without actually having to do anything to make it happen. Consider the fact that people are coming to us to work on their deep emotional issues. I often have clients tell me things that they've never told anybody else in their life. They share their secrets. They share things that they hold shame and guilt around. They tell me about their their bad habits and their bad behavior. They tell me things that they haven't even told their spouses or their best friends. So if you think your clients are going to just tell everybody they know what great work you did with them, you're sadly mistaken. There's still a fair amount of stigma associated with getting therapy, and this is probably even more likely when it comes to hypnotherapy because of all the misconceptions surrounding hypnosis. I've actually had some personal experience of this. Uh, A number of years ago now, I belonged to a business networking group, BNI, where the purpose of the group was to experience one another's services so we could refer to each other. And I was actually working with several members of the group, but when it came to the part of the meeting where we were supposed to discuss what it was like to experience each other's services and give a testimonial or make a referral, nobody was speaking up. Not because I wasn't doing good work, but because of that stigma. So I offered everyone in the referral or in the networking group a free session so that they could just try out my services and then they would be able to make a warm referral. They would know what it is I do. And then people that I'd been working with for several sessions would say in the meeting, oh, I went and saw Linda for that free session, and they would talk about what the session was like. In other words, they were willing to admit to the group that they'd come for the freebie, but they weren't willing to open up to the group that they'd come to see me privately to work on things like their childhood abuse or their stutter or their performance anxiety or their addiction. People generally don't want to out themselves by talking about, I've gone to therapy for these things, even if the therapy was fantastic. So if somebody has a great plumber fix their sink, there's no shame in telling other people to use his services, but people are not as likely to talk about this great hypnotherapist who helped them with their addiction or their sexual dysfunction. Now, sure, there are people who refer their friends and family. There are lighter issues we work on that people may not mind talking about. And sure, some clients will talk about their private lives to others, But if you're relying on this as your main source of getting clients, you could be waiting a really long time to get anything back, even from people that you did fantastic work on. So another problem with waiting for referrals is you are completely disempowered. You're waiting for somebody else to tell people about you and send them to you. You're dependent upon somebody or something outside of yourself to grow your business and You have absolutely no control over what somebody else says or doesn't say about you. You have no control over the marketing message that they deliver on your behalf. So back to my BNI networking story. So I finally had somebody who came to work on a goal share a little bit about what his session was like. He had had an addiction to purchasing electronics, and we did a regression to cause, and he understood immediately where the problem stemmed from, and he got really good results. He actually went home and started selling some of the things that he had purchased on eBay. But what happened during the session was when I had regressed him and he became aware of what was responsible for his addiction – He had an ab reaction where he felt nauseated and like he was spinning. So I took him out of hypnosis, talked him through it. He was really impressed. He's like, wow, that thing was obviously the reason because I felt such an intense uh, response when you started talking about it. But at the BNI group, 
what did he share when it came time to talk about working with each other? What he said was, the session with Linda was great. I thought I was going to puke, but I didn't. And that was it. Nothing about the insight, nothing about how uh, dramatic his response was, that clearly we had landed on something, nothing about the results, nothing about going home and starting to sell some of his items. Not exactly the marketing message I want to deliver. Come and see me. You're going to feel like you want to puke, but you won't. Like I'm going to have that printed on my business cards. So just because of the sensitive nature of the work we do, somebody who gets really great results may never reveal to other people what they did to make the change. So we need to know how to properly market ourselves. We need to make sure we're not dependent on somebody else to send work our way. If somebody does send us clients, that's great. That's the cherry on top, but it shouldn't be the only source of clients that we have. We want to have, as well, control over the message that people give about our services. We need to take the power back into our own hands and become self-reliant, be proactive about getting clients. If you're not being proactive, then you're not going to get clients. That's just the bottom line. Aside from not making money and having your practice collapse before you even build it, there's another reason why we need to be proactive about getting clients. Now, I said earlier there's three aspects of your business that are important mindset, mastery, and marketing. So the mastery piece is actually affected when we adopt the practice of getting our own clients, being proactive. I will explain. When we work in this field, we get better at our work. The better we are, the better results we get. There's a cycle. When we work on people, we get more confident with what we're doing. The more confident we are, the better results we get. The better results we get, the more confident we become. The more confident we become, the better results we get. You see how that cycle works. So if you're not proactive about getting clients and it's like crickets in your office, nobody's coming in, you're not doing any work, the cycle goes in the other direction. You start to lose confidence in what you're doing. You start to lose confidence in your ability as a hypnotherapist. And when you lose confidence, your results are not as good. And like the client or the person that I had sat next to at the conference who just went back to her nine to five, when you lose confidence and you're not getting results, when your mastery starts to go down and your mindset starts to dip, now your practice is on its last legs. Now, this seems really obvious. I have clients, or sorry, blah, students say to me, when I get good, then I'll work. But the fact is you get good by working or you get better by working. You should be good after you've taken your training, but you get better by working. I've heard inexperienced hypnotherapists say that they felt like a fraud. They worry that people are going to find out they don't know what they're doing. I've heard them want to refer challenging clients because they feel like it's beyond their scope to work with them. But the only way to get good, the only way to get experience, the only way to broaden your scope or improve your ability is actually by working on clients. When you aren't working on clients, again, you lose confidence, and your level of confidence affects the results you get, bottom line. We are working with the subconscious mind of the client at all times. If you're not getting clients and not using your skills regularly, there's a risk. You're going to lose confidence in your ability as a hypnotherapist, and this is the death kiss on your practice. When this happens, you either energetically shut off the flow for getting clients or when you do get a client, they can pick up on the fact that you're lacking confidence and this is going to affect whether they want to work with you or not. 
Now, this may seem unrelated, but humor me. I saw this great story in a documentary about the placebo effect that illustrated what I'm talking about here really, really well. There's a hospital in West Sussex that was known for treating soldiers with facial injuries after World War II. And because of the reputation of working with people with disfigurements, sometimes other people would show up at the hospital for plastic surgery. So in 1952, a doctor named Albert Mason was working there as an anesthetist when a 15-year-old boy came in who had millions of warts all over his skin, giving his skin this thick, cracked appearance like elephant skin. And the doctor was consulting with the boy when Mason, who was a young and cocky man at the time, said to the doctor, why don't you use hypnosis to get rid of the warts? And the doctor was so disgusted by this that he said to Mason, why don't you? So the next day, Mason did. He had been playing around with hypnosis, and so he got access to the boy and suggested that the warts drop away from his body using hypnosis. And the next week, when the boy returned, the warts had literally fallen off of his body. So Mason took the boy to the doctor, and he said, See, I told you hypnosis makes warts go away. But when the doctor saw the boy's now smooth skin, he said, that's impossible. This isn't warts. It's congenital ixosophorum euthodermia adbroc, this huge, big, long name. It's incurable. It's not treatable. So the results of this hypnosis got published in medical journals. Thousands of letters poured into the hospital. They had to put a new operator on the switchboard. Time magazine showed up and did a feature on Mason and this young boy. And people traveled from like a 1,000 miles away to get treated. Remember, this was back in the 50s before travel was that easy. And the problem was Mason was never able to replicate his results. Why not? Clearly it was treatable by hypnosis. He had an example of that. The reason is he had lost confidence. He had somebody in a position of authority tell him that it was impossible to treat this condition. And despite the fact that it hadn't been impossible, that was enough to make him unable to ever get those results again. So this is a dramatic story, but it really illustrates just how important our level of confidence and our belief in hypnosis in order to achieve results with the client is to getting those results. When the doctor was sure of himself, he got results. When he had doubt, he didn't. So this is why I think you have to be really proactive in getting clients. Clients benefit when we're busy. Of course, we benefit as well. But the more you're working, the more you believe in yourself, the better the results you get, and the more clients come in as a result. So hope marketing is not effective. If you're waiting for people to hear about you and come to you instead of being proactive, your confidence is slowly dying, and that affects your practice. All right, here's another little bit of wishful wishful thinking we engage in. I wonder if you've ever fantasized that you will work on some famous person or somebody connected to Oprah and that you will just somehow be discovered and then you'll be set. I admit there have been times in the past when I've had secret fantasies about solving Oprah's weight issues for her and then just magically becoming the hypnotherapist to the stars as a result. And who knows, maybe it will happen someday. Maybe. (laughs) But in the meantime, maybe it's a good idea to know how to market oneself in case it's a while before Oprah gets around to having you on her show. Uh, Some people are just marketing adverse. They see marketing as sleazy. They think they have to be pushy or demanding in order to be effective. The word marketing can be kind of a bad taste in your mouth. How many of us have been the victim of a pushy salesman? I remember being invited out for coffee by an acquaintance that said she wanted to catch up. 
but about 15 minutes into our meeting, she turned the conversation into a sales pitch. I was so turned off. So we've all felt that icky energy from somebody trying to sell us something in a way that's deceptive. And, of course, none of us wants to be perceived as pushy or sleazy or manipulative, so we avoid marketing. Again, we just want to get clients by referral. Or here's a trap that spiritual practitioners fall into. We decide we will just visualize the practice we want and just draw the clients in through the law of attraction and thinking positive thoughts about our business. Okay, now don't get me wrong. I agree that it is important to spend as much time as possible in the energy of what you desire to create in your life. However, for a lot of people, this is where they stop. We can spend the entire day visualizing, saying affirmations, being in the energy of the practice we want, But if people don't know that your practice exists, if you're not taking action by putting your information and your offerings and yourself in front of them regularly, then your practice is not going to survive. If I want to attract my ideal man into my life, I can make a list of what he needs to be like. I can pray. I could make a vision board. I can get into the energy of what it feels like to stare into his eyes. I can affirm that he's coming. I could even clean out a closet to prepare for his arrival. But if I never actually leave the house, I'm never going to meet the guy, unless it's the postman or the pizza delivery boy. (laughs) If I don't take action and get myself out into the world, the universe has no way to bring me what it is I'm working so hard on manifesting. So the same is true with your practice. Get into the energy and be clear about the vision, sure. But you also need to take affirmative action and give the universe ways to bring you the practice that you're imagining. If we leave it up to hope and faith and the universe, we're disempowering ourselves. We're making our business success dependent on something we can't control. And the universe has a lot to do. So hopefully it gets around to you and your practice eventually. But again, until Oprah and the universe are free, maybe we should get busy doing our own marketing. Another part of developing a business person mindset is to look at our own limiting beliefs and work on the ones that might keep us from making money in our businesses. So as hypnotherapists, we know that the messages we receive can still be tucked away in the subconscious mind, driving our behavior. And if we haven't done our own work, these beliefs can be incredibly limiting. We may have a hard time telling someone what we charge, charging a reasonable rate, because of all that old stuff that gets in the way. So another issue is that new or inexperienced hypnotherapists think, oh, I'm inexperienced, so I won't charge much when I start. But people value what they pay money for. If I tell you that you can have my car for free, your first thought is, what's wrong with it? I actually remember being at a presentation once and just feeling the love in the room and offering that anybody who was at the presentation could get a free session from me if they contacted me afterwards and told me they'd attended. Guess how many people actually called me? Zero. Zip. Nada. Why? Probably they thought, wow, she must not be very good or she must be desperate for clients or something to that effect. So I've seen new hypnotherapists give away sessions for free, thinking that if they did good work, again, those people would come back for more sessions paid or would send other people to them. But then they were surprised when that strategy didn't work and they didn't get referrals or see the people that they saw for free return to pay for sessions. So why does that happen? Why does the strategy of I'll treat you for free and you will return for more sessions and send everybody to me because I'm that good not work? There could be a lot of reasons. The people you gave free sessions to may not want to come back for a number of reasons. Maybe they didn't value the work you did because you gave it for free. They may not see results because they interpret the fact that it was free to mean that you didn't have confidence and then that affects their results. 
Or maybe they were just trying to help you get your practice started. They agreed to the session to help you out, but they weren't really committed to getting results or making a change. It was more out of sympathy, wanting to help you. Or here's another thing to consider. Maybe you did do good work in that one free session and the person actually felt there was a transformation of some kind, but they didn't realize that there was more work to do. They thought they were done. People don't really understand hypnosis. It can be incredibly fast and very transformational, but it often requires reinforcement to get lasting results. If you manage to shift the person in that first session for free, they may think that they're done. I actually know somebody who's really good at discussing what's going on with people during their consultation. So good, in fact, that people get this big epiphany when they talk to him for free about their issues. They see the light. They feel transformed. It seems as though their problem is resolved, and so they never come back to do deeper work. He never gets beyond the consultation. So we want to make sure that people understand that Sometimes things need to be reinforced. There can be other layers to the onion that need to be understood and examined and addressed. So we want to be careful that we don't, you know, do too much in that free session. And again, I would suggest not even giving away sessions for free because at some point you're going to run out of people to give free sessions to. You can't rely on them sending people to you. And here we are back to this stigma again. People may not even talk about having come to see you. So I'm really warning you against giving away free sessions, obviously. I'm also warning you against giving cheap, discounted sessions as well. I had a student of mine tell me that when she was ready to start up her practice, she was going to offer a Groupon. So it's like a deep discount, usually 75% off or something, that a certain people number of people have to sign up for before anybody gets the discount. And I was totally mortified by this idea. I have no issue with a restaurant giving a Groupon or maybe a car rental or something like that. But we're in the business of growth, of transformation. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a client who's looking for discount transformation. These are not people who are committed to doing their work. These are people who are sampling your services. Now, I want the client who doesn't flinch when I say what I charge because they know how much value there is in taking care of themselves and they're in it for the long haul. That's the psychology of my ideal client. Do you want the client who thinks, I'll try a session and see it's cheap, Or do you want the client who says, I'm worth it, let's do this? And which client do you think is going to get better results? Now, there's something else to consider about the psychology of the client who comes to see us for a free or discounted session. This client also doesn't see you as an expert. They're sampling your service to see if it's worth it to them to do more sessions. So they're not valuing your skill or your knowledge or your expertise. They want you to prove yourself to them. So when they take us for a test drive, by trying out the free session, we're always in a state of having to prove ourselves. Again, this is not the role I want to be in with my client. I want the client to trust my expertise, my training, my knowledge, my strategy. I don't want there to be this weird power imbalance where I am constantly having to prove my worth to them. I know what my services are worth. I know how incredibly transformative hypnotherapy can be. I've seen the results firsthand, and I know it can be life-changing. Okay. It's also a huge pain in the butt to work with a client who's value hunting. I asked a bunch of therapists recently what their biggest challenge was working with clients, and their answer was unmotivated clients. If you offer a deep discount or you work with a bargain hunter, these are going to be the clients who cancel sessions, show up late, expect more of your time after the session. These are the ones who are going to bounce a check or ask for money back. I always tell my students, never work harder than your clients. We're showing up, we're planning sessions, we're thinking about the client before and after our work with them. 
we want people who are going to put in at least as much time into their transformation as we are. It's their transformation, after all. So charge what the transformation is worth. Now, notice I just said charge what the transformation is worth. That was on purpose. We need to be looking not at what time is worth, but what the transformation is worth to the client. Most of us, at one point, worked jobs, got paid an hourly wage before we ever decided to go into business for ourselves. So we get used to looking at how much an hour of our time is worth, but we really need to look at what the transformation is worth to the client. What is it worth for a client to no longer have post-traumatic stress? What is it worth for a client to be present and relaxed and pain-free and intervention-free during the birth of her child? What is it worth to be able to get a raise and an advance in one's career as a result of getting rid of performance anxiety? Think about how much money your smoking client spends over their lifetime on cigarettes or how much the weight loss client has spent on programs, health clubs, diet books, special food, not to mention the money people spend trying to escape their unhappy lives through alcohol, drugs, gambling, vacations, any number of distractions. So the work we do gives the clients a lifetime of benefit. That's worth something. I keep track of what my clients say right after a session with me, what they tell me about their experience. And I've heard everything from that was the most amazing experience I've ever had to that was the best money I've ever spent. Everybody should do this. My personal favorite was the client who opened her eyes, looked at me, and said, I love you. (laughs) So clients see the value in the work we do, unless we devalue it by not charging with huge discounts. So I've gone on a bit of a rant here, but what I'm really getting at is how important it is for us to develop the psychology of an entrepreneur, to treat your practice like a business, spend time initially learning about marketing, learning about social media, learning about sales, learning about good business practices, learning about niching, do research. If you intend to have an eight-hour day seeing a client, spend that doing all the research that's necessary to figure out the business end of your practice. As you start learning about that stuff, then you're creating better copy and better marketing materials, more clients will come in. And then your practice will transition from doing the marketing as much as you do to seeing more clients. But it's essential that you develop that mindset of a business person. Thank you so much for tuning in. Come back again next week. I'm going to be talking about a marketing aspect of the three, marketing, mindset, and mastery. Okay, take one. <laughs> with corrections with Campbell. With Campbell. Campbell. The, the, okay. Get your black belt in all things hypnotherapy and leather blood. <laughs> This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.